Welcome to episode eight of the Coin Press podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Ron Hamenahem. Did I say your name right there, Ron? You are very good, Luke. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so Ron is the uh, the head of design for the Coinos Group. So welcome, Ron. Glad to have you today. Thanks for having me, Luke. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so today we're talking about what is design and what's your role as the head of design for the Coinos Group and your vision for for that. Um, I know for a lot of people myself included, we tend to talk about design and think of it as being kind of art, um, very visual, but there's a lot a lot of things that can be designed that aren't that way. So I'm curious how you see your role and, and what that title means to you. Sure. Um, so I think um, design, design can be many different things, um, <clears throat> for, you know, coming from a, a visual um, design background, you do, it doesn't necessarily have to apply directly to creating visuals. Uh, you can apply what's called design thinking, which um, is something that the company IDEO came up with. And you can apply that to just about anything. So it's not just, you know, making pictures and stuff. It's also thinking about the design. Like, like I was, um, the other day I was in the post office and I was like, this is like like a dark, cold place that I don't want to be in. If somebody thought about design a little bit more, you know, made the colors a little bit warmer and, or, you, you know, you can make it a little bit more comfortable to be there. It's already a pain to be in the post, especially, I don't know, I live in New York here. To go to the post office is like, it's like an hour long ordeal. So, you know, you're stuck there and you're already feeling not so great. If somebody just thought a little bit forward and, you know, just change the colors a little bit and make it a little bit more comforting, I think that's where design comes in. And then when you talk about technology or specifically to what we're doing, I think um, there are some companies who really take the time and craft a user experience that is pleasurable, but for the most part the user experience on blockchain is not pleasurable at all. And right. my hope is that, you know, we, we're trying to make blockchain as accessible as possible to everyone. And I think design is a top priority there. I think if users um, enjoy the experience that they have when they're using our products, um, then that's, that goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it's the the visuals might be part of that, but it's it's much more about the experience you're creating. Um, I I can't remember who said it, um, but the I don't remember. But anyway, the the quote has something to do with uh, when you're creating art, you're creating it for yourself, but when you're designing something, you're creating it for an audience or a specific person. So taking that target in mind and when you're building whatever it is you're building, um, that could be visual. It could be something more nuanced. I think, um, I think artists and designers, sometimes people say, you know, art is not design, design is not art. It's two separate things. To me, it's not when, you know, when, ever since I was a small child, I'd love to draw and I love to come up with, um, all kinds of, you know, use colors and, and all kinds of mediums to create stuff. 
And um, I think I liked it because I could use my imagination and just, you know, especially when you're drawing something, as long as you can imagine it, you don't have to be really, really good at drawing. You can, you can make like a little world. So <clears throat> I think imagination is huge for me because I think designers, um, especially people who design uh, user experience products, um, they need to be able to envision a future that most people don't envision. And not only do they have to envision the future, they have to, to visually envision the future. And, you know, what, what would be the best user experience? What would be, how would someone come to this product and really love using it? Like, um, I'm a huge, and you know, people might say it's terrible, but I've been a long time fan of Apple. I love Johnny Ives. I think he's a genius. He's, he's, he's a, a central figure in, in what I'm doing. And, you know, through his designs, he, he changed the way we interact with technology. Um, so I'm hoping that this, this will be the case with blockchain. We need to, we need to like get people to fall in love with using these technologies. Um, right now, you know, it's, the focus is just, it's super hard to do these things anyway, but you know, so now the focus is let's, let's build these things. But I think, in my mind, you know, design has a, a, a prominent role in making this technology accessible to more and more people. <clears throat> um, I was having a co- yeah. conversation with one of my. Uh, go ahead. No, no, that just go well, ahead. I was saying I was having a conversation with one of my friends, and he was like, "Yeah, you know how I think of mass adoption or accessibility is if you know I could give it to my eighty-year-old grandma, and she could use it, and and I was like." You know, it's a little bit of a stretch. I don't think you're going to be able to give an 80-year-old person uh, a crypto wallet and they'll be able to use it. But I certainly think that the user experience could be more pleasurable. Um, right now, the focus is on the technology itself. But I think we're getting to the point where we have to make it easy for anyone to use. Um, you know, like a lot of like, like I'll, I'll say like my sister, she's, she's technical enough, but she's not super technical and if she tries to use something like a metamask where she has to write 12 words down and store them and, and go through all this stuff and transfer from here to there she'll get frustrated and she'll just give up i she's like i don't i don't want to participate in this so we need to figure out yeah we need to figure out how to make these things more pleasurable to use and i i really hope that at coinos we can create experiences that people really fall in love with uh, be that um, a developer through our, our, our developer toolkits or our documentation or, you know, any other tools that we build for developers or um, for users. Uh, like, you know, the no fees we think is a pretty good um, user experience. Uh, and also, you know, we're thinking about, you know, like let's say corporations, everyone. So we want we want them to really love the experience, not just, Oh, this is a great tool. I want to use this and then be frustrated with the experience. So that's how I think about it. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective because you're 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 addressing the fact that there's different kinds of users, right? And so what you build for a developer is going to be different than what you build for your investor or your corporation or you know, it's a different use case. So even though it can all boil down to the same platform and everybody building on or using Coinos, um, 
the way you get into that uh, is likely should be different. So I like that. Yeah. And I think about, you know, when I think about designing things, I think about, I try to put myself in the shoes of the user. Like what if I was the user and I didn't, I, I didn't really know anything about this product, you know, how would I react if I, if I press a button and there's no, there's no feedback at all. Like I press the button, something is happening in the background, but nothing is showing on the screen. How would I feel about that? You know, I'd probably be like, for the first couple of seconds, I'd say, okay, something must be happening. But then if it took a little bit longer, there's no feedback. So <clears throat> that's just a small example. But I try to put myself in the shoe of the, the end user. And then the end user might be an engineer, a software engineer, where, you know, if they, click, if they press a button and there's, no, and there's no feedback, they immediately will think, oh, something's wrong here. You know, there's no feedback. Something is wrong. The thing crashed. It doesn't work. So... Um, thinking thinking in that way helps to understand what it would take to make a product that's that's really comfortable and, and good to use yeah agreed um I, i'm personally very bad at guessing what people want <laughs> like i i am a developer i've done a little ux so i can i can guess at what would be good for people like me but when i try to fill it in for my 80 year old grandma or uh you know an enterprise that i've never worked in or you name it i have a much harder time with that so uh, i'm curious if you're doing anything now or if you have plans to um set up like i don't know focus groups or talking to those people who you're building for uh and get feedback on the designs or the uh, you know what you're doing yeah yeah, that's I. In the, right now, we're we really don't have any products. We're focused 100% on building the blockchain and you know launching this company. Uh, but 100% in the future, um, you know, talking to users and getting feedback. To me, um, part of good design, part of being a good designer, is uh, establishing these feedback loops and constantly monitoring these feedback loops. Um, I think without these feedback loops, you know, I can imagine things or I can think that something should work this way and I might be completely wrong, you know, just because I feel that it's going to be. So I think establishing these feedback loops is extremely important in order to create these, these great products. So yeah, hundred percent, I, I would want to do, you know, focus groups or, or even like build my mind, like build these feedback loops into the product itself like you know yeah. so then people can easily give feedback or the system can collect the feedback and aggregate it so right that right. way yeah metrics analytics a b tests all that stuff you can do cool um okay so so that gets into like what is design generally and um how you think about designing interactions and experiences I'm curious if layering blockchain over top of that changes your thinking at all or, you know, takes it in another direction. Because, I mean, blockchain is only used by a very small percentage of the population. It's a very complex topic. Uh, and so when you think about accessibility and design and experiences with that as your backdrop, just curious what your thoughts are there. 
I think I think right now that's the state that blockchain is in, but I think we're moving into um, a stage where it's going to be more important to obfuscate some of the complexity that that you get in blockchain. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to do with universal language support. You know, right now, even for me, like a few years ago, I was like, oh, I want to I want to program on the blockchain. And I, I, you know, I tried to learn solidity and, and, it, and I was like, oh, it's a little bit too hard for me. Let me let me. And I tried to find these different solutions that kind of, you know, I'm a front end, a front end developer. I know some JavaScript. I'm not that great, but I know I know some coding. I coded in Python, so I couldn't find a solution where I would be able to just start interacting with the blockchain easily. It was it was just too difficult. So I think that in that sense, I think we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to say we want to support. Most all, we want all programming languages, but let's just say a bunch of programming languages. So, if you're comfortable in JavaScript, if you're comfortable in Python, you know, eventually, you know, we want to have CDTs for all of these. So, you can jump in and start doing stuff. You don't have to do like you know, you don't have to design a decentralized exchange, but maybe you just want to create a simple UI with the wild digits exchanges stuff, or just grabs information from the blockchain. Um, <clears throat> so, I think. Um, Giving giving people that user experience is a start, um, and and designing you know designing the interaction between the user and the blockchain. I think that's a start. Um, the next step is to even to, to take it to the next level is helping uh, decentralized application developers develop applications that people love to use. And when I say people, I mean like you know let's say non-technical people or low, low technical people, Uh, you know, not to single out my sister, but like my sister, you know, she's, she knows how to use the phone. She knows how to use the computer or the iPad, but she's not going to dive in too deep. Something gets a little bit difficult. She's just going to stop and move on. So if I, we create an experience for her where she just like launches an app and just starts interacting with the blockchain without having to worry about setting up a wallet and, writing it 12 words down and, and all of that, um, right. then I think that takes it in a, in a whole different direction. And then I'm, I'm convinced that in the future, most people will be using blockchain and applications, but they're not going to know that they're using blockchains. And I don't think they're even going to care. Yeah, I, I think that's true too. Um, we, I mean, I, I do think that at some level, various groups of users will care that it's on blockchain. Um, so, I mean, you have power users today that are all about it. Uh, you have various people in, uh, I don't know, take um, politically difficult countries. Uh, you know, if you're concerned about censorship or uh, one of these issues that might be plaguing you in your daily life, um, than having a place to take control of your economic future and your security and you know, not being silenced and that sort of thing, then it might be a place where, where you care about that. But then also for a lot of those people in situations like that, existing blockchain solutions are likely prohibitively expensive, right? So that's what gets me really excited about Coinos in particular with the fee model is you can enable 
an experience for people who will benefit the most from blockchain and decentralization in a way that other solutions just can't. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, you know, when, when we talk about blockchain, it's right now it's tightly coupled with cryptocurrencies and value and, you know, appreciating value that's appreciating or depreciating. Um, I think there are applications that are beyond that. And uh, yeah. because of what we're doing with the mana system, I think that's going to open up a whole new world of applications that don't exist today. Um, you know, as a developer, if you have mana and then your user opens up your application, you just delegate the mana to them. And then they're just doing stuff in your application. They don't necessarily have to be buying or exchanging or doing anything with value. They could be just using your application. Like you say, maybe, maybe it's a messaging application that uses the blockchain somehow to um, circumvent censorship. So right, right. You don't, you're not looking for people to start exchanging and making tokens and keeping wallets and stuff. And you know, they don't need to know that they have mana. They're just using your application. I think that's that would be a really good use case for what we're doing. So I agree with you. I think, um, and I think we're not the only ones who are thinking about it. I think there are other projects in the space who are thinking in this way. And um, I think the future is multi-chain. You know, there's there's chains that do certain things, and they're useful for certain things, and then people use them for certain things. I don't believe in this one chain rules them all <clears throat> philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the there was actually there was a good post on Twitter today by um, uh, Mark Cuban talking about how you have the 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 noise of speculation and people trying to invest in crypto and blockchain and all that, and the the people who are day trading create all this noise and make it difficult for entrance. But uh, the signal is really the, the apps and what's being built and what matters and enables new use cases. So, but I also think that, you know, I think, you know, we need speculators. Now we're at a point in time where this space, we need the speculators. They're kind of funding, you know, without, you know, I was a speculator when I was buying it, when I bought Ethereum early on or Bitcoin, you know, I was a speculator and I helped, you know, not, not, um, intentionally but i i helped move the project forward you know if more people if people yeah. like me didn't invest just just looked at it then i don't think ethereum would be where it is right now <clears throat> so i think we need we need speculators and um we're getting to the point where a lot of speculators are 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 going to be able to um to uh, realize gains but in the meantime there's a lot of wonderful stuff happening in blockchain, a lot of really, really good things happening in blockchain, and it's only going to continue. And it's, it's made possible by speculators in my mind. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I mean, it's the same thing as like, you know, angel investors, VCs, all that without those people, you don't have all the brain power that can't afford to fund their own mission working on these big problems. So, Right. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, um, in order to move forward, you know, it's, it, it's a business, it's a business yes. and, you, you know, in, you know, the, what fuels business is, is money. So I think without that, a lot of these wonderful projects wouldn't be here. Yeah. Agreed. Um, 
I, I think, I mean, I don't think anybody in crypto really scoffs at the idea of business. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, but when you when you tie up the the economic incentives with the platform, you're inherently going to have people who are in it for profit, right? So, I think probably there's a there's a large percentage of people in blockchain or interested in crypto who care about profit and business and doing things profitably. So, well, I, yeah. I think without, I mean, we're developing a business around our blockchain and I think it's a good thing because we want to be able to be around for a long time and, you know, um, just relying on tokens, you know, we did an ICO because we felt very, very strongly that ICOing, ICOing was the wrong thing to do for us. Um, we knew that, you know, we were going to put our time in it and we were not going to ask for any money. We had some money that we could use. So we figured we could bootstrap ourselves to get to the place where, where de we developed something and then we can, you know, make a company, build a company around it. And then and as long as our company is successful, I, I see, I think of us moving forward as kind of like keepers of the flame. We don't own or control Coinos, but we're always there to help out if things are, if things need, or if, if it just takes off on its own, that would be great. But if yeah. we have this company and, you know, <clears throat> you know, the, the engineering team doesn't have to go work for whoever, we can work in our own company, generate revenue, and then continue to work on all these these great products. I think you know it's it's good. It's good for blockchain. I don't think it's bad. I think what's bad is you know creating these ICOs and taking all this money and then taking years and years and years to release a product that's not even a hundred percent. That's I think that's bad for the space. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it is. There's a lot of projects out there that get started and then you know, take forever to launch or never do, or it's just a rug pull and they run away with the money. Um, but I, I like the perspective and the ethos that the Coinos group brings where you're, you're just one player, right? And you're creating a platform that's bigger than yourselves. And so you, for you to survive beyond Coinos mainnet launch and keep participating in this network, um, you need to build a profitable business yourselves. And so it's not just you own a large enough share of coin that if it gets big enough, you can cash out. It's you're incentivized to keep building and to make a business that's sustainable and matters. Well, we have, we have a vision and we want to solve problems. We want to continue to innovate and introduce solutions into the space. Um, and if we want to do that, you know, we, we have to, because, you know, uh, tomorrow we can hit a bear market. If we're reliant on the price of the token, like let's say we ICO, then we're reliant on the price of the token. We're holding a ton of tokens. Um, and we hit a bear. What, what do we do? You know, we slow down. We stop developing. We go get a job. What do we do? So if we develop a business um, where the business model is sound and we can keep going even through the ups and downs, you know, the market fluctuations don't matter to us. You know, we're, we're going to keep going no matter what, I think that also helps the space. You know, I've seen a lot of projects that 
had a ton of money, they had great ideas, they had good engineering, but the business management was lacking and they hit a bear market and then that's it, you know, game over. Everybody went and got jobs or yeah. retired on their, on their tokens. But um, I think we're moving into uh, a stage in, in blockchain and crypto where we're seeing viable solutions to problems that, um, that uh, create businesses that, that can uh, withstand the test of time. Yeah, definitely. It's um, the, the crypto market is, it's currently a more volatile representation of like traditional markets, right? Where businesses that survive through recessions and for hundred years tend to be more stable, right? I mean, certain things can happen still that kill that giant company, but um, designing your company that can survive a crypto recession or, uh, you know, great depression or whatever you want to, uh, what situation you want to imagine, um, that is, yeah, it's a lofty, but I think doable goal. I think, um, I mean, I think thinking about, and that's, that's where design thinking comes into the business part of it, you know, thinking about these things, um, setting, setting up contingency plans, um, partnering, and, you know, there, there are ways to design the business itself to be able to grow. And, you know, many, many businesses have done that uh, throughout the years. So it's, it's nothing new. And, and this is why business is, to me, is not a bad word. It's, it's, it's something good. It's just yeah. if a business, you know, becomes too big where you start really um, like hurting people in ways, then that's when it becomes bad. But I think inherently business is not bad. It's just a way of, of, of creating something that can last a long time. Yeah, providing yeah. value and and receiving value in return. To me, that's mm -hmm. what business is. Yeah, and value. Uh, we talked a little about this before the show here, but value is kind of a nebulous concept, right? Where typically, I think most people look at value and they say that costs ten dollars, so it's worth ten dollars, right? Or uh, the business is valued at billion dollars so it's worth a billion dollars um but really it's the the idea of value is a lot fuzzier than that uh, it's not just the the sticker price that you stick on there it is it's different by by each person right the the company or the token might be worth more to me because i value it higher compared to somebody else who doesn't care or, or doesn't know anything about it. It's not worth anything to them. So I, I think of value in a way where, um, you know, so let's take, for example, um, <clears throat> we want to develop um, these blockchain services um, that people will pay us money for, or let's just, let's just um, take a real example of that. Let's take like a, um, a Shopify, right? Uh, you know what Shopify is, right? You just for, did you just freeze for me? We lost it. I think we're still recording, so let's keep going. 
Yeah, I see one one picture on the screen that's just you frozen. Yeah. Um, all right. Sorry about that. Uh, so I, no worries. So I'm thinking in, in terms that value is um, if you can if you can make my life easier somehow. Let's say um, I was I was kind of given the, the 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 example of like let's say a Shopify where um, you know before Shopify or services like it. If I wanted to stand up an e-commerce website, did we freeze again? No. Still here. Okay. Um, so um, it was very complicated. Now uh, Shopify comes along and they're like, oh, you give us 30 bucks a month and you know, you're know you a semi-competent developer. You can stand up an e-commerce website in a matter of you know a few days or a week. That's valuable. I'm like, okay, take my $30. That's the value that I'm getting for what you're giving me. So I think there's an exchange of value there where um, <clears throat> it's making things. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, um, making things uh, that people find um, that solve problems for people, and then people will exchange um, money for it. I think I think that's where the value comes in. In in in, in crypto or in inve- investing, in stock investing, it's a little bit different. But in crypto, right now, it's mostly speculation. Um, there's, I think, the the main place that there's value is maybe Ethereum. But other than that, it's a lot of speculation. But the 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 speculation is you know return on your investment. You know you can invest a small amount of money. And if you invest in the right things, you know, it could turn into a giant amount of money. So um, <clears throat> that's where the value is for, I think, early crypto investors is, you know, I know that this is very unstable and maybe it'll go to zero. But the value is that I'll put some money in there and that there's a possibility that it will become a lot of money. So I think that's where that's what value is to me, basically. Um, yeah, I like that, that it is the, it's the value looking, <laughs> it's the future value, right? So for, for us right now with coin where, um, it's, it's not a live mainnet product, uh, it is speculation. And if you're buying and holding coin, it's because you believe it's going to go up. Uh, so that's where the value is for you right now. It's, I think the value is the risk reward. You know, if you invest in, in, we'll take Coinos, for example, but any other projects that are just starting out, you invest when it's super early, the risk is high, but the reward is also high. So there's value there. Um, You know, things, you know, things that are more mature, maybe like stock, the stock market, you know, let's say you'll get 10% back on your money, you know, people crypto investors when you tell them oh i can make 10 percent a year they, they just laugh at you they're like 10 percent a year what's that uh so that's where the value lies i think right yeah for sure um okay so we've talked about a lot of different topics here i i'd like to steer the conversation a little bit earlier you said you were talking about imagination for UX designers and how you need to envision a future that most people don't see. Um, I think we've probably danced around it a fair bit, but I'm wondering if you could go into, you know, 
clear terms of what's your vision for Coinos, uh, specifically from a design angle, but what's that future that you envision for this space? For, for us specifically or for the entire space? Um, good. Uh, let's, let's take it broader. Let's go the whole blockchain crypto place. I think, um, I think like any other technology, I think there's, to me, the most exciting thing is that there's so much opportunity. Um, I think um, the possibilities are limitless at this point. And blockchain doesn't solve everything. It's not, it's not a cure-all for anything. It's, it's a technology that can be used to help. Um, to me, right now, we're applying it to, to what's, what's, what's existing now. So, you know, you talk to some people and they're like, oh, you know, Facebook on the blockchain or Twitter on the blockchain. To me, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, Twitter works fine. Facebook works fine. There's no need to integrate blockchain into that unless you're looking for like, you know, some kind of like currency. Like, um, But to me, the most exciting thing is that things that we haven't imagined yet. Uh, I try to think of it like the inception of the Internet. And <clears throat> when the Internet was invented, um, it was just it was super exciting to be able to communicate with other people in real time. Like that could be, you know, halfway around the world, you can communicate with them in real time. That was so exciting. And then you kind of got like the static internet where you can go and view things that people wrote and, you know, you can view them in, in, in real time. Um, uh, no one, no one really imagined the iPhone with like, you know, all these apps on it. Um, it wasn't really a thought like in, let's say like early nineties or late nineties, <clears throat> no one really imagined that you could, you know, just have a device in your hand and just, you know, click on a, on a on an icon, and then, you know, let's say, you know, do what we're doing, record a podcast. Uh, so I think yeah. that's kind of where I see the possibilities are. Where where right now we're we're excited about this technology and we're applying it to the problems that we have currently. Uh, but I think in the future we're going to have these applications that we, we have, we can't, we haven't imagined yet. You know, I, I keep saying like, there's, you know, there's some 12 year old kid sitting in his bedroom, like learning how to code. And he has these imaginative ideas and he's going to hook into like Coinos, you know, five, 10 years from now. And he's going to build like some crazy application. And we're going to be like, wow, how did you do, how did you come up with that? I think that's the exciting part. I think short term, we're going to look at, uh, I think we're looking at, you know, the metaverse is a big thing. Um, NFTs, I think right now NFTs have a very limited usage, but I think NFTs are going to be much, much more widely used. There's tons and tons of applications for NFTs. So I think we're right at the cusp of, of, of huge ideas and, and really awesome applications um, that are going to come out because of blockchain that, that live on the blockchain. And like you mentioned before, I think um, we're also moving away from, hopefully we're moving away from, um, you know, giant corporations owning your data. Uh, I think the blockchain allows people to own their own data, just like, you know, you own your own Bitcoin. You should be able to own your own uh, social data um, and then I even imagine uh, a world in the future where you hold your data 
uh, on the blockchain and you have the keys to it and you can permission other applications, let's say like a Facebook, to use your data and they pay you. You don't become the product. They pay you. So I think that's also something that I'm excited about. And I think decentralization helps. And I think people should have more opportunities. And I think blockchain affords, like you said, people like in, let's say, countries that are not as well off or people who are um, <clears throat> don't have access to a lot of technology. I think eventually these and i think innovation comes from necessity the best innovation comes from necessity and i think uh right now there's a lot of necessity in let's say third world countries for solutions that um that blockchain can 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 supply so uh i'm excited about all of that as well for sure yeah if, if you look into it there's there's a lot of different projects that are running right now uh like there's a project i think in um yemen maybe Yemen. What else? and then there's a lot of syrian refugees in these refugee camps and um they they get distributed these vouchers for food so they can they can get food and and they ran into a problem where there's these gangs they steal the vouchers and then they sell them back to the people the people are poor so they implemented a blockchain solution where every individual has a, a blockchain wallet and with, with currency that can be loaded. And, you know, right now they're unlocking the wallet through uh, iris scans. So you go, you get an iris scan, you get your wallet, your wallet gets generated and then and it, and it gets put on a blockchain. And then you go to the grocery store and then you take your stuff and it scans your iris and sees that there's, you have value in the blockchain, it exchanges it. So they're doing it right now. It's not, this is not happening in the future. This is happening right now. Um, and, and those solutions exist because of necessity, because this was really needed. And they're, they're, they're like, let's, let's work on it now. Let's not wait until the future, until everybody's cool with blockchain. Let's, let's. So there are a lot of solutions that are being um, um, implemented right now that are using blockchain. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really the, the problem space that you expose yourself to, right? Either by necessity or uh, willingly, right? Um, where if you're in a situation in a refugee camp where that's a problem, uh, you're going to look for what's available that could solve that. And if blockchain is a viable contender, then that's something you can build. Um, but if uh, if the problem space you expose yourself to is just how do I get my my beer out of the fridge and to the couch easier, then <laughs> you're not well, going to see the solution. Yeah. No, and, and so I said blockchain is not for everything, but technology can solve that problem for you. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think I think blockchain can help. You know, I, I think where blockchain helps is where decentralization is important. Um, you know, um, good encryption is important. Um, <clears throat> like I think, I think municipalities and governments, they need blockchain immediately. And I think it will happen. It'll take time and it will happen. But uh, there's a lot of municipalities that are, are looking at how to solve different problems with blockchain. Um, I think here in New York city, uh, I spoke to a lady that 
she was trying to um, get um, all the, the rent assisted um, apartments to um, have their blockchain, uh, their contracts on the blockchain so they could be easily accessible, uh, easily traceable. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's a great use case. And a lot of stuff in government can be on the blockchain where it just, A, it eliminates a lot of the overhead that it takes right now, um, you know, to record data or to store data or to maintain the data. Um, and B, it creates an immutable record, which is, I think, is important for municipalities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, running a blockchain or DAO, DAO, or whatever, however you say that, um, it's a lot like kind of forming your own country, right? You have bylaws and you have uh, different <laughs> requirements for people. You have economic incentives. Um, obviously, we don't have any governments today that are run fully on the blockchain. But if a country were to decide to do that, they could eliminate a lot of overhead um, and not need to have yeah. quite so many public servants. And I think um, that what we're doing, I mean, other, other blockchains might be doing this, but what we're, the way that we're building our blockchain, um, if let's say we're approached by a municipality, we can help them or they can do it on their own. They can launch their own private Coinos blockchain that's completely isolated from the public blockchain if that's what's necessary. And maybe the, ne the necessity is that they have this the completely isolated blockchain and there's a bridge to the, to the uh, main blockchain and then they could you know, somehow communicate with the main. So, so these solutions, I think making it you know, easy for, uh, let's say municipalities or governments to create their own private blockchains, but also participate with a public blockchain um, and making it easy for them to do that. You know, they don't have to now train individuals to like learn solidity or maybe they don't use rust or, you know, if they're, if you know, the stack for the city of New York is in Python or Java, you know, they should be able, their engineers should be able to just jump in and start integrating with the blockchain and not have to go through all these, jump through all these hoops in order to interact with the blockchain. <clears throat> so I think that's, that's kind of where um, I see our, our blockchain kind of standing out. And not only that, we really want to help create these solutions. At the end of the day, you know, we, that's, that's our goal. Our goal is to create uh, solutions that, that benefit humanity, let's say. Um, the goal is not to, you know, ICO and, and, you know, sell a bunch of tokens and retire somewhere. We really, really want to um, provide solutions to problems that we see um, with technology. Um, at the end of the day, we're a software company. You know, we're building on the blockchain, but we're a software company. And, and we feel that software helps solve a lot of problems. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you, Ron. I'd love to keep digging into these topics with you, but we are approaching Sorry. the universe here. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, I keep getting so, calls. <laughs> that's okay. Busy life being the head of design. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Any, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to keep talking. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
I'd like to just, there's, there's a message that I convey, you know, I, I go, I talk to a lot of people and I get them excited about blockchain and what we're doing. And the message that I would like to send out is that um, this technology is available for us to build a better future. And I encourage everyone to participate and you don't have to participate by, you know, investing all your money or, you know, you could just put a little bit, whatever you can afford, but you're kind of like when you're to me, when I'm investing in, in, in a blockchain or crypto project, I'm kind of voting for that project. Right. I'm telling, I'm saying, Hey, I'm going to put my money into this. I believe in what you guys are doing. I believe in your philosophy and I want to participate and I want to help move this forward. So I encourage everyone to participate and to to invest in the companies who are in the in the projects that are going to um, help decentralization. I think that there's too much centralized power, and you know, um, you know, companies like Facebook coming in, or I'm not trying to, um, you know make Facebook look bad, but large companies where the power is already concentrated, um, it would be terrible if, if, you know, we, we have this future that's right in front of us. And then we just have a new future where the power is concentrated with new companies. So I think, you know, vote with your, your money. If you're going to invest in the space, don't just invest in things that, that you think are going to make you rich invest in things that are going to make the world a better place. That's, that's the message that I try to get across to people that I talk to. I think that's important. People forget about that. They're like, Oh, I, I just want to invest some money so I can make a lot of money. Don't forget that, you know, by putting your money into that, whatever it is, you're kind of voting for that thing to succeed. And if most of us put the money into, into spaces where, um, you know, I think, I think Ethereum, is doing a lot of good stuff. Um, <clears throat> um, I, I don't want to mention any more names, but there are other there are other projects who are not doing such great stuff. So really think about where you're putting your money because you're voting for that project to succeed with your money and be a participant. Don't don't sit on the sideline. I think if if you don't know anything and you just want to participate, I think Bitcoin is awesome. You know. Not not for you to make money, just to participate, get ten dollars worth of Bitcoin. I think everyone should do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's still early days when you look at. I think the numbers like 05 percent of the world population is actually using blockchain. So, Coinos is trying to be that next uh, the the accelerator, right? Bring bring out decentralization for mass adoption. We're trying to be part of, I don't think we're going to be the project, sure. but we're trying to, I, I think, I, I really think that there's interoperability, that this space, you know, when I go and talk to people, um, people are so friendly in this space and um, so eager to work together and to educate each other and to help each other. I think that's the attitude that we need to take into this. And when you have, you know, projects that are not like that, that are just trying to do the same old thing with new technology. I think that's where, where we have a little bit of friction, but um, yeah, I, I hope that Coinos can be a part of the, the solution moving forward. Awesome. 
Yeah, I think that's a pretty good cap for the conversation. Let's uh, have good it there. Um, so yeah, so that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for your time today, Ron. This was great. Really I appreciate, appreciate you having me. Thanks, Luke. Absolutely. All right. Well, join me next week for the Coin Press podcast, where I'll be interviewing Jonathan Stark. Bit of a change of pace around here. So hope you'll right. come back. All right. Bye for now.